Radio TFS, episode number 78. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. Well, hey, Greg, how you doing? Good, good. It's been a while since we've talked, my friend. Yeah, indeed. Well, yeah, how's how's things with your, your son? How's it all going? Uh, he's doing well. He, they're out on a mission right now, so he's no longer in the on the Bagram Air Force Base. He's out at a forward forward operating base, an FOB. And what's still weird is, even though he's out there and they're sleeping in a tent, it's a big tent, like a sixty person kind of huge perma tent. Um, but he's still got Wi Fi, so. That's crazy. Even this morning, you know, he's out in the wilds of Afghanistan, and he and I are using Skype and IMing each other. That's mad. That just blows my mind. So, but uh, he's doing good, and we all had a little scare yesterday. You heard about the five soldiers that got killed on a friendly fire. I actually hadn't heard about that. No. Yeah, yeah, five U.S. soldiers and one coalition guy. Oh, um, got hit by friendly fire, so we start hearing the you know casualties in Afghanistan, and everybody's you know all the family's heart starts stops like okay. And- it's, it's great that you can at least you can be speaking with him and keep keep everybody knowing where everybody is. That's yep, yep, and it was really it was really ironic because I was I aming with him as the texts start coming in to me. Have you heard from Jacobs? Like, yeah, he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> he didn't great. hear about it at all, so <laughs> it was news to him. But thanks for asking. Cool. No, you're all right. Um, yeah, so... And how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Apologies for if I sound all nasally, got a cold at the minute, but um, yeah, it's good, doing good. We've been busy, as uh, as we as we shall discuss. Should we dive on into it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, we've done it. We've shipped a few things since we last spoke. Um, first of all, probably the thing that, you know, kind of I've been focused on um, mostly is around the Dev 14 stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, Soma announced that we've uh, shipped the first CTP, uh, Visual Studio uh, 14. So that's the code name. You know, it's in quotes. You know, it's a code name from Microsoft, but it's in quotes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're, this is, uh, why we called it 14 is because we basically skipped 13. The last one was Dev 12, and this is Dev 14. I think the official reason is, I don't know, something to do with year, you know, like the year numbers and numbers were getting too close, and then we made it worse again. So I don't know why. But it's just because we didn't want a code name beginning with 13, I think. Is, yeah, is no, no 13. That's an unlucky number for yeah. us. So. Exactly. So, uh, so we've gone straight to fourteen. So that's all good. Um, probably the the. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of little things in there. The the on on our side, like the Git tooling is actually hugely improved in that version. And and uh, so you know, check it out if you play with that stuff. But the the major thing in terms of plumbing is actually um, the whole thing's backed by Roslyn. You know, our our compiler as a service that's all open source and all that goodness. And yeah. that's actually driving everything um and because it is at the heart of everything code can actually get deep integrations down into the compiler and so um believe it or not a lot of stuff had to get rewritten so that it could use this new compiler and so it's you know there's a lot of actual churn in there to have similar functionality but then also enhanced functionality in places especially around refactorings and and digging in and debugging and all that sort of stuff so hopefully it looks good but um yeah uh, take it take a look at it if you want to have a test drive don't be installing it on you know on any production machines or anything it's a it's a very early ctp i'm running it but um you know install it in a vm in fact my recommendation would be to um within like minutes of the announcement going live um <laughs> there's an azure virtual machine ready. i was just about to mention that? that yeah 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 i saw that was, that was like wow it was brilliant so that i was actually awesome. i was driving to um this funny story 
I was going to give a talk uh, um, a, a, a customer, but it basically it was a, a friend of mine locally, and he was saying, "Hey, can you come in and talk to my company about like getting Dev fourteen and stuff?" So yeah, sure, no problem. Um, and I'd ran back home because I'd been somewhere else. I ran back home to pick up the big bag of dongles that you had to take with you when you've got an ultrabook, so you can actually project things. Uh-huh. And I ran back home to pick up my big bag of dongles. Got out at the car park. Uh, for this customer and realized I had my big bag of dongles but left my bag with my laptop at home and I was like oh no so as I'm walking to the customer's office I actually went onto my phone and created a VM in Azure (laughs) (laughs) and then by the time I'd got to the customer's office there was my Dev 14 VM sat there ready for me to go and I'm I'm talking to the service already you know Uh um, for you know because that's and that's already running the very latest version which is actually off the Dev 14 branch so I'm like, oh, cool, done. I'm here, right? Give me, give me. I, I didn't bring my laptop because I wanted to make sure we could get on the network <laughs> with your laptop, and uh, it all works seamlessly. So yeah, so that was brilliant. So go create if you've got MSDN, you've uh, make sure you activate your Azure benefits. Go create yourself a VM. If you go to the gallery, you can see there's um, Visual Studio Dev 14, well Visual Studio 14, I think it's called. Um, you can go create a VM with that pre-installed and just use it and have a play. It's brilliant. We've also been shipping some updates to the service. Again, they never stop. Um, Interestingly, as we're deploying them now, uh, the deployment is a lot more rolling. So actually, it might take several days before features appear on your account. Um, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we the deployment was happening as of Monday this week. So um, pull requests has been switched on on, on uh, Git-based projects. You know, I saw that in 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 the the post no what does i'm not a git guy i i'm sorry my name is yep. greg and i'm not a git guy that's fine neither of the vast majority of people using tfs today so what does on. that mean a pull request why yeah. is that cool i mean why why is this an important feature yeah so basically um you can think of a pull request as the closest git equivalent to doing code review okay and it's also a functionality in a lot of workflows. So imagine your team is on, you have a big group working off your master branch, which is the main branch, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you have a, somebody's working on a feature in a feature branch and they want to merge it into master. They want to they wanna basically do the equivalent of like checking it into where the rest of the team are working. Right. Uh, um, at that point, you can you can push your you can be you can have been pushing your changes up into the their feature branch you know all the time right. so they've always got it copied on the server, and then at a the point you're ready to to say hey I think this is ready to go in and be checked in with master you know with the rest of the code we merged in you can create a pull request that says hey somebody I would like this code to be pulled into the master branch please okay. um, and what it does is it creates a diff view of the code in your um, pull request, so the code in your de- in your feature branch, right. alongside the the code in your master branch, the latest of the code in your master branch, and it has a diff of those things. And you can see all the, you know that cool thing that we built um, that's in uh, uh, TFS 2013, where you have the, you could, you, the inline previews of all the different changes that happened to a file. So you can see like the three or four lines that changed and the lines around it kind of thing. Right. All that's in there in the diff. You can, all the lightweight code commenting features that we built again for TFS 2013, that was all being built with this feature in mind. So you can actually go in and mark up the code with your comments if you like this or not. You know, if you think this is good, you can have a whole discussion 
about this feature, make sure you think it's good to go or if you want them to change it. If you want them to change it, a great thing about pull requests is they're iterative. So what happens is if, if you have a discussion which is, hey, this is good, but I need you to rename this class to be, you know, foobar.cs or whatever, then they can do that change and then push up their branch and the pull request automatically updates with their new commit that's come in. So you can actually see that they've done this change, you know, and you can then do the rediff and make sure it's good. When you're happy, you press a little thumbs up button or a thumbs down button. You press a thumbs up, say you're good to go. You think it's good to merge. And you can press a merge button directly in the browser or the person, you know, somebody on your team can press the merge button to actually take that code and merge it into the master branch. And that'll actually happen on the server. They don't need to pull the code down locally, merge it, and then push the code back up, which would have been the Git workflow normally. They can just press merge button and it merges on the server. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it would actually be a cool feature to have in TFVC as well. Uh, Currently, the code review for Team Foundation version control is all based inside of Visual Studio, you know, and you need, like, Visual Studio Premium or something like that for it. Right. Um, It would be great to have this exact same experience in TFVC, and that's certainly something that we want to try and work towards. But the pull request was was sort People want this kind of workflow in Git and people really needed a form of code review in Git. There was no code review for Git right now. And so we went and built this based on the feedback we had from people who are using the code review that has been existing for a long time now on TFEC. And then, then we need to go back and like you know, apply the lessons we learned when we did it the second time over in Git. We need to reapply those to TFEC servers. You know, that's constantly happening. But but Git's slowly catching up with like the levels of functionality that we provided with TFEC. So we're we're getting there. You know. Yeah. So um, yep. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, we don't have this in our show notes, but they talked about uh, a Git and Code Lens in the upcoming... Yeah, that's actually in the Dev 14. That'll be in the Dev 14 uh, build. So, yeah, like you said, you know, the, the, the Git stuff is catching up. So not only do you yep. get the uh, the code lens coolness with TV, TSV, T, TFVC. TFVC, go, you'll, you'll get it with Git too, so... Yep, and the, the good thing about that, the, the code lens for Git stuff, is um, it's actually all based client-side because you know Git is all... All the logic for Git is in the client. Right. So it does everything client-side. And because it's got the entire repository locally, it can do all this deep analysis of your source code client-side. So it actually doesn't matter where your Git repository is from. It could be a Git repository from DFS, but it could be a Git repository from GitHub or wherever. It could just be a local oh. Git repository that you just happen to have created locally. CodeLens still works. You don't have to have pushed it up to a server for it to work. <laughs> that's good. So that's kind of cool. I know. It's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it's probably terrible for TFS, but it's great for users, which is the main thing. So, no, I think that's awesome. And um, that's in the Dev14 stuff. And if you look at my uh, build video, um, I, I actually showed some of that off at, in my build demo as well. I think I had a very early build of it there. So, all good. Um, and then um, we've also been um, – gosh, it's been busy. So, as well as this, we also shipped um, a bunch of uh, REST APIs. So there is now a REST-based API for talking to Team Foundation Server. You know, not not your SOAP-based interface of the 1990s, but an actual REST one, a modern REST interface. And um, if anybody's noticed, you can actually, you know, we've been using this REST interface for a while inside of the UI, but not all the parts of the product had the REST interface built out. And so we needed to have kind of a complete one that we were fairly happy with before we wanted to ship it, you know, and say, hey, it's now good to code against. We think it's now good to code 
going against. There's still the chance that there'll be, there's new APIs that will come along, but the APIs that are there we're fairly confident about now. And as well as that, we've also introduced a thing called service hooks. So this is most useful actually um, out in the cloud. You know, when you in in on premise, you can in on premises. Sorry, Grant. Um, you can um, set up an event. And then you can say, hey, when, when something happens, go and um, go and send a so message to this other server somewhere else in my network. Yeah, subscribe and do... or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And go do something, you know. you can. That, that's what you can do in on-premise. You can't obviously do that in uh, the cloud because that's not how the world works. So uh, what we've done instead is we've added this notion of service hooks. You can actually go in and um, say, then this is something that, you know, uh, again, is fairly common in like the cloud ALM area now you can have uh, when something happens over in your repository or over in work items you can have the server send a a JSON, a REST based, a JSON based message to a different server somewhere that you've configured and make it do something. In the examples we showed, we showed things like uh, update, you know, updating a Trello card based on check-ins or updating user voice based on stuff. You know, you can integrate these services together. It's pretty awesome. And uh, there's even like a once you start doing this in the cloud, the great thing about the cloud is there's always something broke somewhere, you know, but you still need to work well. And so what we added was a big like um, debug experience around these soap messages as well. So if you find that you're not getting like if the integration is not working, you can actually go in at our in inside of TFS inside of Visual Studio Online and you know look at the SOAP calls going out, look at the sorry the REST calls <laughs> going out, the service calls going out, and actually see when they went out and what the response code was from the server it spoke to and things. So you can actually tell you know why this isn't working and you can debug it. So that's pretty awesome. So CodePlex has a, a feature yeah. like this. Is it the same thing or totally it's, different? It's exactly the same thing. I mean, it's enhanced UI now, uh, mm-hmm. but it's the same. It's it's based on the same lineage of code written by the same people. So awesome. you start you starting to see this, you know. And this is what we'll kind of do with Coplex a bit. It's kind of you know experiment a little bit. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, we we put it to Coplex first, and then the, the Coplex backend is actually talking to the same. It's the same backend that sends all these messages out. Um, it's exactly the same. So uh, it's a you know a service we've got called the Service Hook service, which sits there in Coplex as well as Visual Studio Online. Talk to it. So when it goes down, I get two support calls at the same time, which is fabulous. <laughs> well, well, whenever it goes down, of course. Yeah, and of course, uh, yeah. Now that we have an API, the community is already. I swear, it had to be like the day after this. Let's see, Brian talked about that the twelfth of May on the eighteenth. Uh, Jeff Bramwell and Mike Douglas uh, posted about a book that they're doing about extending TFS and Visual Studio Online. And, you know, so just a days later, they've already got this book up and running. It's one of those like lean pub. Yeah, it's a yeah, lean pub book. Awesome. It's $2 right now. Uh, they've yeah. got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight chapters already from the basics of extending it to, you know, writing your first rest call, dealing with work items, dealing with the team foundation, uh, uh, team foundation version control, the team room activities and stuff. So this book is already there. So if you guys are interested in using this API, two bucks, uh, that's a hard, you know, hard deal to beat. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I love it. I mean, so, 
uh, obviously, um, you know, Jeff is uh, uh, obviously, you know, Michael, obviously um, good MVPs and things. And Jeff's a very, you know, he's been around as an MV- ALM MVP for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, they get access to some stuff early. And, you know, quite often you would see MVPs like posting like articles and how to's and screenshots of things the day, you know, like the minute after we made a, a thing public. Don't rain on my parade. No, I know. Yeah, no. no, they were, they were. But- you know, fingers no, to the keyboard. Just, <laughs> exactly. This just takes. This is like taking that to a next level. You know, having your blog post ready, written, ready to go, having an ebook written, ready to go. The minute <laughs> that's just making us look bad. That's just amazing, isn't it? it oh, MVPs are awesome. Uh, see, this is what you got to compete with, Greg. If you want to be an MVP, you got to have like. Why, why did, where was your book? Well, yeah, how come it's it, not ready? Exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> and that's why I talk about. You know, always you know, when I do the whole sour grapes thing about being an MVP, like that is what. An ALM MVP does this kind of these kind of posts yeah. and those kind of things are just like wow. So yeah, it's a very competitive stream, unfortunately, but it's, yeah. it's good. You know, we we have the best MVPs as far as I'm concerned. That's great, and we have the best people who want to be MVPs as well. Greg, don't feel left out. And there you go. And speaking of MVPs, Richard yeah, Richard, Fennell, yeah, he's got a, a wrap up between the last time you uh, we talked. Uh, Tech A 2014 was on, and uh, they talked about there was no real. Um, I don't. It's been so long now, uh, so many days. Uh, there was no big breakthrough announcements, right, from Tech Ed 2020. Uh, I'm to remember now. Yeah, I'm, I, I thought there was a bunch of stuff. But that's I remember, just it. I remember you know, Joe and Paul were happy. I don't have to remember. Relevant. You don't have to remember. The listeners out there, you guys don't have to remember either because Richard Fennell has already done a roundup, a roll-up of the different TFS um, sessions from Tech Ed 2014 North America. Uh, quick post, links to all the things. Uh, you know, if you were wondering about what they released, they talk about the new API. There's a session about the, uh, the API, application insights becoming available in Visual Studio. Um, they talk about th- that. This was one of the announcements they made. There's a free utility from Ops Hub that allows you to, um, <laughs> if you want to go from on premise, to Visual Studio Online because you want to take advantage of all these awesome things that are being released like, you know, every other week. Uh, Ops Hub has a free utility that will migrate your data from TFS, your on-premise, to Visual Studio Online. That's just awesome that they built that. And you can take your data back. We've provided you that. So this is pretty neat. It's looking quite compelling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. And we even demoed uh, the AAD integration, so Azure Active Directory integration. So that was one of the that's one of the things that obviously before uh, like big enterprises can use it. That's one of the things people are interested in. And yeah, we showed that off. So yeah, it's getting quite exciting. Cool. Um, gosh, there's just so much stuff we shipped, and I'm looking. We're already halfway through the podcast. Right, let's go quick. Uh, as well as obviously shipping the Dev 14 stuff and the updates to the service, we've also shipped um, Update 2. So that's listed. We'll, we'll I'll just give you a blog post to all the stuff that was in Update 2, but we haven't forgotten about people still on, you know, on, still, you laggards on Visual Studio 2013. <laughs> so we're obviously set, sending out value to that uh, constantly. Um, and then uh, probably the the best post is um, uh, we've got the so we've shipped out update two at TFS 2013. Yeah, RTM on update two. RTM. Right? Yep, and then we've also shipped out a CTP of update three, which is you know how how confusing this. <laughs> so you can go through and uh, Angela Dugan actually, I'll just link to that. Angela Dugan did a great uh, pro did a great post about that, uh, as well as us. Uh, that's where all the backup stuff was in. So we, we've talked about this a bit already. So um, yeah, we'll send we'll put some links. And so we've, we're shipping lots of things. Keep me busy. So, yeah. there we go. 
Anyway, Greg, we're, in, we're at the middle of a showtime. We should probably jump, jump, do the usual thing. It is about that time, isn't it? Oh, so episode 78 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM Consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And now back to the show. So Martin, you have something to, we're, we were talking, you're, we're doing all of these, talking about all these releases, all these updates, uh-huh. update, 2013 update to RTM, uh, update three CTP, dev 14. Uh, ha, you know, really, you know, we, we've talked about this cadence and, and we've mentioned yes. it before. We're really starting to see it and it's like a rolling it's sprint. You know, um, how, how are you guys doing that? I talk about this at conferences quite a bit, and it's just, you know, if you think about the transition we've done uh, from Visual Studio 2005, how we used to ship, and if you think Visual Studio 2005 shipped in, I think it was October, November 2005, and TFS 2005 didn't actually ship until April 2005, you know, that kind of shows you how we weren't really hugely agile at that point, and then it was like three years before the next major release, which was Visual Studio 2008, TFS 2008, and then it was um, two years and then blah 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 so it's been a long road getting us more and more agile to the point now where we're just basically shipping stuff uh, continuously um and I talk about it at conferences, explain some of the stuff how we did that. And it's one of those stories that people always seem to enjoy and like. And so uh, the marketing team got together and spent quite a bit of money looking at it on a, on a, on a fancy new, shiny new site, kind of explaining uh, how we moved, you know, how we moved our organization from how we used to ship, which is very, very waterfall, you know, because we were shipping on DVDs that you, right. you bought, a, you know, PC World or uh, uh, what do you call it? Not uh, what? Yeah, what's your Best Buy? Is it? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so you know, you, we shipped on like DVDs and things. That's how you got. Well, it used to ship on floppy disks, and we shipped on DVDs. And you know, moving more and more towards services and electronic-based deliveries. You know, most people nowadays have you know who are like premium Visual Studio users have MSDN subscriptions as well. So you basically get all the stuff all the time anyway. So why were we bothering to like? burn this into an ISO and ship it to you. Why not just give it to you as soon as we can? So it was a big transformation. Uh, If you go along to the uh, engineering stories site, we'll put a link on. Um, uh, It's just some cool stuff and some good videos and it's very inside baseball. So, uh, but for the listeners of this podcast, I think you'll absolutely love it. Just go watch some of the videos. And uh, I was, I was watching it with Greg earlier in pre-show and it's just brilliant because it's like all my friends and um, building 18, which is where all this stuff is where we, we are, where this stuff is shot. is just such an awesome, environment to work in so you can cut i'm very jealous whenever i go to building 18 because i'm in my hovel in this little cupboard here in the middle of a field in northern Ireland. i don't i don't exactly have it that bad i'm in a field in the middle of northern Ireland, but you know building 18 is just beautiful and it's a great place to work and there's such smart people around and such a great environment for encouraging this kind of work so go check it out and you'll be very jealous and want to come work for us if you do want to come work for us we are hiring so drop me a line i'll uh, make you know, uh, you know martin at martin Wu at microsoft.com and uh, yeah i can hook you up if you want to come work in this environment it should be great Okay, that's probably enough of that. What about? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, probably quite selfish of me. No, no, not at all. But you know what's interesting is, is as I remember at Build 2012, I think the one they had at the Redmond campus, there was talk at that point. I'm not sure if you and I talked about it on the show or not, um, but there was a lot of talk about how you know the dev team is transitioning to agile, and you know there was talk about an increased cadence 
Uh, and, you know, this is with a story about really how it happened. So it, it's really interesting in that respect. I mean, how long would you consider? I mean, I know you've been working agile stuff for ever. Ever. This, so, yeah, this, this was what was really interesting. So I started doing lowercase A agile in 1997. This was DSDM was one of like the early iterative processes, and I worked with a woman called Jennifer Stapleton, who you know kind of started DSDM off, and it was quite popular in the UK for a while. So that was when I started doing agile iterative development stuff. Before then, I was the mainframe guy, and um, yeah, I've always worked that way. And then, um, so when I came to Microsoft, I came in uh, November 2009, and that was actually a really interesting time to join the organization because they were starting to move towards where I was anyway. And so I was like, this is okay. This is pretty cool, you know. And and I kind of was off busy doing Team Explorer everywhere, you know, and, and transitioning uh, Team Prize into Team Explorer everywhere. So we just kept that as a little agile unit that just kept shipping and just kept working the way we were working, doing sprints and things. And, you know, we were able to kind of seed some of that out. But really, the organization came to how I was working rather than <laughs> me having to change to the way the organization worked. I could never have worked the way that the guys used to work, you know. Um, it's just brilliant the way it is now. I get to ship stuff all the time, you know, get to... Uh, I was just in today, we were discussing some finer points of some stuff which will get released in a few sprints time. And it was like, should we do this or should we do that? And my answer was, I don't know, let's just pick one, ship it and see if we get complaints. <laughs> and then if we do, we'll change it. And the guys who are working with me aren't, aren't quite used to working in this way because they come from, uh, you know, a, a more waterfall background and they were like, can we do that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then this is the best thing because we've got, you know, by having the service, we ship it. We see how the action is. We see what the performance is like. We see what the reaction is like. We tweak it. We improve it. And then eventually we burn that copy. You know, where we'll take a snapshot because it's all potentially shippable. Take a snapshot and we'll ship it out the door on the DVD and you get to install it on the prep, you know, inside the firewall as well. It's just, yeah, it's such a good way to work. It's, I couldn't work any other way anymore. <laughs> so I could rant about this for a whole show. In fact, we should get Aaron on and we could just rant about this for a whole show if you're interested because Aaron, I know Aaron would love to come on. So Yeah, Ed, Ed said the same thing. Yeah, he was... Okay, Ed, well, yeah, we haven't had Ed Blankenship on for ages. since. He's, I don't think we've had him on since he went over to the dark side in marketing. So yeah, we should get him on, definitely. <laughs> and the site is really pretty too, i got to tell you. Oh, dude, he did a good job, didn't he? Yeah. He's, uh, it's great. And I, I actually uh, didn't know Brian had a beard at the minute. So I, I saw him recently. I hadn't noticed he'd got a beard. So this is, this is funny. There we go. Never mind. <laughs> so, again, speaking of MVPs, uh, Benjamin Day, who we are Ben Day, we've had on the show. Yeah. Uh, he has a um, an install guide that he has written, both it's available in PDF and HTML. He's upgraded it now to 2013 as well. So all of you out there who are still on 2012 and you're looking at uh, updating to 2013 update two, he's got a guide here, including walkthroughs on installing SQL Server 2014 to updating the uh, uh, SharePoint Foundation 2013 Service Pack 1. Uh, Build server customization or an installation test controller installation for automated testing. Uh, the guides here free cool. and available. So and it, hey, it's I not it's like eight chapters long. So I can't remember where you're at, Greg. Are you uh, are you on 2013 now? Or are you on 2012? <sighs> no, we're still on 2012. Okay, uh, well that's good. I remember. I remember. You know. You know. I, I couldn't remember where you got to. So this is yeah. this is quite useful for you then, is it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And we're, we're going to talk about another post, uh, another mention here in a little bit um, of, of somebody who's done the same thing in a screen gallery. Nino did a screen gallery 
uh, upgrading from 2013, uh, 2012 to 2013. So a whole bunch of screenshots, which I really appreciate because that's you know my kind of thing. And cool. uh, yeah, well that's that's uh, yeah that's fascinating. It's I would say. So are you on 2012 like update three or what are you on? I don't. I have not been keeping it up to date because uh, I mean we were on the show. I think we were doing the show together when I we brought in our new uh, TFS server and I installed 2012. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say to you that the um, the upgrade process to 2013 should be you know because we are doing this incremental delivery now uh, the 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 increments are a lot less than they were in the past and mm-hmm. so it's a, a much smoother upgrade and. Um, it's also an upgrade that's been well tested because we had to do it ourselves, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm fairly, I'm fairly, uh, I would be fairly at ease with somebody doing an in-place upgrade from TFS 2012 to TFS 2013. That's how I would upgrade my server. Let's say, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah, and I was waiting for uh, Tech Ed to finish in case there were some announcements or anything else. So it's just a matter of, of getting off my butt. It's not really even a scared factor. You know, I'm not yeah, really worried about it. It's just, it. yeah, I just want everybody, you know, let all my de- the developers, you know, check in and that kind of stuff. And I already sent a warning order out to them recently saying, one of these days we're going to update. I'll let you know like 27 minutes beforehand. No. Yeah, I, I still practice it though. You know, take a backup of a database and do it in a VM and make sure, you know, just 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 make sure you're happy yourself with, you know, how long the process is going to run if you can be bothered. But, oh, yeah, hell no. Know. Click, 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 click. <laughs> what, what we used to do at Team Price. <laughs> Was we would um, we would because it was uh, you know a mirrored disk for, mm-hmm. for backup. We just used to take one of the disks out the the RAID array and put a new one in while it was still switched on. Let it mirror itself back over and recover from this like catastrophic disk failure event, and it would go ah oh, okay, and it would be back to normal again. Then we'd do the upgrade, and then you know the theory was if it failed, we would just pull both disks out, put the old disk back, you know, switch the machine off, pull both disks out, put the old disk back in with a new blank disk and let it remirror itself <laughs> with a backup. <laughs> and it, we only, I think we only ever did that once, and that was just to test that it would work as a backup plan. Actually, I didn't, I didn't realize, I, I lie, we pulled the disk, we actually switched it off when we pulled the disks out because we figured that would be, you know, nicer. To, yeah. to, we'd be more likely to have an operating <laughs> system that was going to boot. And it did. So it was a good good way of doing it. If you want, but that's my, the low-tech way of doing backups that actually works. So there you go. Hey, uh, so you, you mentioned Nino's screen gallery. Nino's actually done... Um, this is a completely selfish post, but Nino's done a, 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 a list of books he would recommend for TFS 2013. Obviously, top of the list is the fabulous Professional Team Foundation Server 2013, which is now in stores and selling like hot cakes, I should add. I'm is quite it? impressed. Yeah, I just had a look. It's doing really well. It, bizarrely, it's doing better than the ALM book right now, I think. I don't yeah. know if that's just there'd been a bunch of pre-orders or something. I don't know, but yeah. Um, and for those people that are... Uh, canny purchases you should always you should have always ha- you know hang off buying the kindle book straight away wait until wait until a few like weeks after because it takes a while for the kindle version to come down to below the paper version it's really weird it's just it's the way the publishing industry works so uh, we've we're past that point now so feel free to get your kindle version um yeah i didn't actually have that much to do with it steve st john wrote a lot of it you know and I, they 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 wrote a lot of the new chapters and um i just you know came in and and made sure it was all you know good and up to date and all that sort of stuff it's brilliant I, I'll, I'll write more books like this if i barely <laughs> have to do any work on it but no it's, i'm very pleed with it actually it's, but you know it's got a chapter on getting there as well it's got you know it's got all the stuff in so it's great 
to get a little bit off the topic on that, I've never written yeah. a book, never published a book. How does it work with like uh, the the profits on a multi-author book like that? You, you split it basically. Is it all there's, even, they, or is it number of chapters or number of pages? Yeah, yeah. It's just... a, everybody, everybody gets like an equal share of zero. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's um, you. Uh, it depends how you want to do the deal with mm. the authors. It, it, the authors decide amongst themselves. Quite often, it's just to split equally. But sometimes you have like like I didn't. I hardly did any work in that book, and so I got a certain percentage, which was you know smaller because I wasn't doing anything. But um, but everybody else, you know, uh, based on the page counts of what they did, it's kind of prorated the, the royalties. So, uh, but yeah, don't you know you don't do it for the money. So uh, yeah, just you get on and you do it. That's typically how it works. And then um, the the whole process is interesting as well because the publishers themselves provide a huge amount of value in ensuring that the the content's consistent, you know, and has like a consistent voice and things. And mm-hmm. and it's all um, the technical uh, reviewers do a, a great job as well, like running through every single example, you know, with real servers and things and making sure it still works with the, the version that actually shipped rather than the version you were writing the book against and, and all this sort of stuff. So it's a long, it's, it's a marathon writing the book. It's not a sprint. It's, uh, you, you're always glad when they get out the door and you think never again. And then uh, it comes around again. You're like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. I'll sign up for that. It'll be all right. How bad can it be? And then like, you know, six months later of no weekends and no sleep, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again <laughs> so you know speaking of nino uh he's yeah. got a bunch of tools as well that I think, i'm sure we've talked about it because we've talked about his stuff quite a bit well he's recently updated them all for 2013 um and we'll put the link in the show notes uh, and we're talking a lot of tools uh, a bunch of command line tools from uh, a command line utility that finally deletes old and unused workspaces and shelf sets to um, reading and writing values from the TFS registry. Uh, you can get them all individually or via a single zip. He's, we've talked about server-side plugins before. Remember, I was talking about a book review that, uh, that I had, or a book that I had read, and they talked about the server-side plugins. Well, he's got three uh, that are available as well, and they're, they've been updated. And he's got a bunch of uh, build tools as well, which have all been updated. So, man, he's been on a he's been on a tear. So. I didn't know he'd done this one. He's done. I've been wanting somebody to do this. So, sorry, TFS create build directory. So what this is, and I've been telling people you can do this, and nobody believes me. And Nino's gone and done it. This is brilliant. <laughs> so he's gone and written a. This is like a totally edge case. Like hardly you know, ninety percent of people here might not care, but it's um you can publish results of a build in the build server it doesn't have to, you know of the build in tfs it doesn't have to have been run in tfs you can just publish results and so if you had something like jenkins or team city or something like that that was t- listening to tfs and you wanted it to display some build results in tfs you can run nino's tool there tfs create build actually and actually dump a build result into tfs and so you know it shows up in all the ui it shows up in visual studio um and publishes those results back even though it even though it didn't you know come from tfs build system he's amazing (laughs) i love our mvps nino was the first mvp for alm did you know that no he's the very first one yeah yeah, he was he's been around a long time so uh he was an mvp for alm before you know he's he's one of the he's one of the very first him and mickey and richard hunthausen i think were in that first group so there we go um and he's also uh, an alm ranger as well we've had something else from jeff bramwell who's an alm ranger anything else from the rangers to to top out the show 
Uh, they've been doing a lot of releases, a lot of documentation yeah. releases. Um, Willie P talks about uh, the new uh, V3 uh, documentation for the branching strategies. It used to be the version control or used to be the, the branching and merging guide. They've broken that out into three different books now, branching strategies, team foundation version control, and dependency management with NuGet, and promised the a Git version in a in a future release. So, you know, the ALM Rangers and these books are just, if you're doing TFS, you got to be looking at this stuff. Yep. Um, they've gone through this V3 set, actually went through a new a copy edit program. As well, it's not just you know uh, some guys writing it and, and pushing it out. Now, it went through kind of like a professional, you know, publishing, like you were just talking about. Yeah. Version for these documents, and uh, we've also got a point uh, uh, post uh, the important links for ALM Rangers, and we've talked about uh, a lot of these projects, both from the introductions to who they are. I think we talked about that last week. Who are the ALM Rangers? Uh, we'll have this link in the show notes as well. Uh, the treasure map, we've talked about all the videos and publications, the different solutions uh, from both in-house and the community. It's all here as well. So they, they've been releasing a lot, and it con- their cadence continues to uh, increase as well. Yeah, no, they're great. They really are. And Willie does a great job rounding them all up as well. So, fantastic stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just amazed. I'm really pleased that Nino's done this. That's made me very happy. <laughs> hey, well, that's about a show. It's a good show. Uh, lots of lots of cool stuff. Um, as as usual, if people have got uh, questions, comments, or feedback, then do email us radiotfs at outlook dot com or drop us a voicemail on four two five two three three eight three seven nine. We love getting the feedback and comments. You know, we don't we don't read everyone out, but we do read everyone that comes in. That's for sure. So uh, so yeah, please do drop us a line. And with that, that's it. We should probably wrap up. So we'll speak to you next time on uh, Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.